Welcome to the Dadography Podcast, a podcast with short stories and insights on fatherhood from dads around the globe, dedicated to providing you with the tools and tips to become a better dad. I'm your host, Corey Ward. If this is your first time joining us, thank you. Please be sure to subscribe. We can be found wherever podcasts are played. This is episode one, and today's title is Progress Over Perfection. Welcome, everybody, to the maiden voyage of the Dadography Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Ward. Thank you for joining us today as we uh, start with our first interview ever. And today's guest is Mr. Lester Williams. Just to give you a little bit about Les before he does so himself, uh, he's Panamanian by birth, migrated to the U.S. fairly young. He's a retired U.S. Air Force soldier and a recent graduate. You know I can't leave this out. A recent graduate of Florida State University. Mr. Les Williams, welcome to the show, my brother. How you doing? Doing great, doing great. Hey, thank you very much for uh, inviting me to your maiden voyage and your podcast channel. I'm uh, honored to be the first one to uh, be interviewed on your channel as well. So, yes, I'm doing great today. How's everything going with you, Corey? I tell you what, man, I'm I'm feeling excited. I'm feeling nervous, uh, to be totally honest with you, but I feel like the cause is worthy. Uh, You know, the goal of this show is to really uh, create insights, uh, resources, a knowledge base for dads that are out there. A lot of times uh, women have a whole lot of friends. They have this community and they can get information on being a mother. And dads don't quite have the same degree of, uh, of resources. So the hope is that this can be at least one resource that they can tune into, get some positive uh, information on how to become a better dad. So that's where we're at. So I think we're going to do all right, man. What about you, Les? Tell us, give, give the people a little bit about yourself, man. Well, originally I was born here in the Republic of Panama and uh, basically migrated to the U.S. Uh, a few years later. My dad basically left here back in the early, back in the late 60s. He migrated mm-hmm. to the U.S. He went on into the U.S. Army, fought in the Vietnam War, and shortly afterwards he brought my mother and my siblings over to the U.S., um, you know, in search of the American dream. Right, so, right. So during that time frame, we grew up in Washington, D.C., graduated high school, and he gave me an option to either uh, move out of the home or go into the military. As a 16-year-old, there's not too many options there, so I decided to go into the military and uh, never looked back. Everything went well. So shortly after going in, my dad passed away. So I uh, stayed in and it became a career for me. I, hear you. I have no, I have no regrets whatsoever. Hmm. Interesting. Man. Interesting. That must've been a major transition from one country to another for you at a, at a young age, huh? Yes, it was. Uh, first of all, the language barrier was definitely a challenge and the culture to get adapted as quickly as possible. Yeah, it was a little challenging, but ultimately, since we were very young, we came on board fairly quickly and started excelling in school and uh, making a lot of 
friends in the local community. So it, it worked out pretty well for us, uh, for me and my sisters. And uh, as a matter of fact, both of my sisters are still in the U.S. now, and they've been there uh, pretty close to 50 years now, as a matter of oh, fact. wow. Okay. Well, you know, Les, the goal of the show is to create noteworthy, applicable knowledge for dads. Uh, if you were the dictionary, how would you put uh, fatherhood in your own words, man? Fatherhood is the ultimate responsibility. This is where one human is completely responsible for the next, responsible for their rearing, the guidance, everything that formulates them into that responsible person that contributes to their community. It's just a, it's just an ultimate responsibility um, to be able to rear a child and have them to move forward and become that, that successful being. I think that uh, the fact that, that it's a responsibility is without question there. Uh, recently, I was, I was contemplating it, obviously knowing that the show was going to be starting. And I was thinking, you know, it is also the greatest honor, I think, that a man can have. I, I think it gets played down a little bit when we look at it from the aspect of just responsibility. And that's not to, to slight what you said, but I think by far and large, people see it as a burden as opposed to a joy. And maybe not by far and large, maybe that's an overstatement, but it's often viewed or projected to be just, uh, you know, the, the, the burden side of it or, or the, the, the responsibility side of it. I think it's, it's noble, man. It's an honor. It's, it's something that, that complements one's manhood, you know? Absolutely. I completely agree with you on that. Um, when I ultimately found out that I was going to have a son, you know, my first child was going to be born. Mm-hmm. The first thing that hit me was uh, the word fear. And for me, the word was fear because of the responsibility that goes along with being a father and okay. being the person that's going to set example for that individual. And that, that term fear to me, I've learned to overcome it over the years because the, the acronym for that word is false evidence appearing real. Most of us are afraid of things that that's never going to happen. Hmm. So it's best to um, learn to overcome those things as fast as possible. You either go over it, around it, under it, or through it. But you have to overcome all your fears. And that was one of my ultimate fears is becoming a father and be able to give that direction that that young man needed. I hear you. How old were you when you became a dad, Les? Well, actually, I was uh, 20 six years old when I became a dad. And um, at that point, I was still enjoying life. Um, maturity level probably wasn't where it should have been at the time to to be a great example as a father. But at that point, when uh, when my son came along, my entire life changed. Yeah, I changed everything. Uh, changed the trajectory of everything that I was doing as far as my uh, advancement through the military. Um, limited how much movement that I did um, nationwide or globally. I uh, just completely altered uh, my life plan. Okay. And also started to get mature as fast as possible as well. Right. So let me ask you this. Your first child, you, you've explained that you were fearful. It changed the trajectory of your life. Uh, was it a boy or a girl? 
Well, I have a son. Okay. Uh, and as a matter of fact, he's at the age now, uh, age of 26 now, the same age that he was, that uh, I was when he was born. So it's pretty ironic that we're doing this show during this time frame. Hmm. Interesting. So where is he now, Les? Currently, he's um, back in Virginia. Um, and uh, he has two children as a matter of fact he has a nine-year-old son and a seven-year-old daughter now i know before the pre-show you had mentioned to me that uh his his situation is uh is kind of unique uh as a father uh, well maybe not so unique in that he's not the first to experience it but uh you mentioned that he's having some challenges right now maybe you can tell us a little bit about that absolutely um well, my, I gave my son as much guidance as possible as he was growing up. I tried to expose him to as much positivity, positivity as possible. But due to, you know, several outside influences, you know, he's had quite a bit of running uh, with law enforcement and the um, judicial system, which has actually kind of hampered his, his progress. But uh, with a lot of uh, hard work and dedication he, he plans to definitely overcome all of the challenges that he's currently having well let, let me ask you this man okay so everybody makes their own decisions right but do you exactly. think that you could have done something different in his upbringing that would have perhaps you know i guess uh, uh prevented or curtailed or, or, or maybe put him on a different trajectory you know, I believe I could have, um, but ultimately, I believe I could have. It's, there are quite a few changes that I could have made, um, you know, maybe change the the area where he grew up, um, expose him to a little bit more. But ultimately, the, the path that he, um, he traveled was his decision. And we've had a, a good heart-to-heart talk about it after the fact. And he said, Dad you were a great dad. He said, you allowed me to travel overseas. We travel up and down the East Coast. You exposed me to, you know, quite a bit that most other children in his community just didn't uh, get a chance to experience. He said, but the trajectory of my life, dad, is ultimately my responsibility. I don't ever want you to blame yourself for how I ended up or the path my life has taken. You ultimately did a great job. And it's it's what he mentioned to me. Now, I I felt up until he mentioned that to me, I felt like I was partly responsible for uh, some of the the trajectory of the things he got himself involved in. But after he mentioned that to me, it kind of released me from ownership of those issues because he actually became a man and, decided to take ownership for the decisions he made. So I'm, I'm quite proud of him just for, as I will tell him, for manning up and um, taking responsibility for your actions. So let me, let me see if, I, if I'm reading you right. Um, you did spend quality time with him going up. You gave him a lot of exposure, different cultures, traveling. And for the most part, uh, you, you look back and you say, okay, yeah, I did – the responsibility of a dad. And yet when he, he encountered some, some challenges, uh, you felt the, the bulk of that, or, you, or if not the bulk of it, you definitely 
one has to bring into question, man, did I do a good job? Was I a good dad? And then he gives you feedback and says, hey, listen, not you. It was totally me. You did a great job. I made some decisions. So he releases you of that. Um, Now, I know you've got another child, but so then the question would be, even though the oldest son has said, listen, not your fault, as you're raising now your second child, which I'd like to get into now, um, I'd like to know a little bit about, you know, how you are proactively saying, all right, you know, this is where, despite what my son has said, I feel like I, I could have did better in this area or this area. And so let me see if I can do a better job, you know, this go around. Tell, tell us a little bit about your second child, I guess, first off. Absolutely. My uh, second child, he's 12 years old. And I took a much more mature approach to raising him and exposing him to nothing but positivity, but at the same time, letting them know that the reality of life, there's two sides. There's always positive and there's always negative aspects of life. So I try to expose them to both, to let them know that life is about choices. It's about options. And the fact that attitude, your attitude, you know, it, it determines your altitude. And your attitude is everything, your mindset. So we spend a lot of time together. We talk a lot about life, about choices. And um, where, where he's benefited quite a bit is I have a lot more life experience that I can impart into his life, which is actually helping him to mature a lot quicker. Mm. Um, he's, he's pretty knowledgeable and pretty mature for his age. And I, I can't say that I'm doing it by myself. My wife is a phenomenal mother. Um, I noticed this is about dadography. I know we're focusing on dads, but I, I can't continue with this, uh, this interview without mentioning my wife contribute being such a, a great contributing factor to his rearing. Uh, we're both in the fight together to try to get him to a point where he can stand on his own two feet and accomplish any goal he wants to from being a scientist, uh, being an inventor, whatever his goals may be. So we, we are in that molding phase now where he's, he's adhering to a lot of information that we are imparting upon them, giving them a broad range of experience. So it's helping to uh, put him in a, in a more positive direction. But like I said, with the life experiences, that has contributed immensely to that. So if I'm hearing you right, one of the things that, that really jumped out that you said is that you guys have conversations. So there's more conversing now as opposed to perhaps with, you know, your first son. And by the way, what I'm looking at, okay, uh, the title of this particular episode is Progress Over Perfection. So if the first son, uh, your oldest son, who is now also a father of two, experienced some challenges, going through some challenges. You then, as a father, said, hey, listen, I played a role in that. And now you've got another son. So obviously you're not looking for perfection, but I'm trying to analyze the progress that you've made. And it sounds to me like one of the things was the fact that you're conversing a lot more. So is it safe to say that that conversing 
is playing a significant role in terms of how you're fathering now as opposed to how you fathered previously? Yes. Conversing is a big, big role. Um, make sure that you answer every question that you can. And before answering those questions, you have to make sure that whatever message you're conveying is conveyed properly because once the information is out there, you can't take it back. So in essence, um, you have to just be careful and be mindful of all of your actions, your, your gestures. They, they watch your hand. Um, basically, children, they, they watch everything that you do. And if what you do does not match what you say, then, um, then it can create a conflict because they will remind you that, yeah, you said this, but you're doing that. I mean, so how can you say one thing and, and mean the other? Right. How can you expect me to do something that, um, that you're not doing? Or you saying, do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. So that just doesn't work. It doesn't work at all. So it's very important to set that example, be that example to your children. When you have a little one looking up to you, you're always going to be that first role model. You're going to be that loudest voice in the ear. So you, you have to be very mindful of all of your actions, everything you say, how you interact with your wife, how you interact with the public. They're watching everything. So you definitely have to be very mindful. You know, thank you for that. That's that's some good insight. You know, just touching, however, on something you said earlier, you mentioned how answering all of his questions. You know, I, I came from an era where it was do this because I said so. And that, that was pretty much it. And it sounds to me like you give reasons why. And I, I have recently had the thought, you know, if I'm going to instruct my children to do something, It'd be all right if I make it make sense, because if I can effectively make it make sense, then they should be able to make the decision on their own to do, you know, X, Y or Z. Um, so I appreciate that. Uh, the conversation you, know, you have with him, you know, um, in, in reference to that, um, one of the things they taught me while I was in the, in the military was um, a lot of times when you're given a direction. You have to follow that direction immediately, immediately without um, wavering whatsoever. And if okay. you have questions about it after the fact, then you can come back and ask me, well, why did you have me do this this way? Or what was the reason for that? You know, and then you can explain in detail then because a lot of times um, that child could be in danger. You tell that child, look, I need you to do this right now and do it immediately. And there's really not time for um, an explanation. Okay. But later on, we can always sit down and I can explain to you the reason why um, I w- you were told to do something a certain way at a certain partic- at a per- particular time. Yeah. That would basically benefit you, um, you know, because you can't explain it all every single time. But right. you can always make time later to go ahead and clarify the reason why you made a decision that you did. That's interesting. I imagine as I think about it now that you mentioned that from a military perspective, that certainly I would think applies to a father perspective is that it also helps when, you know, the immediate response helps to maintain uh, the authority. Um, You are as a, as a dad, an authoritative figure. 
and I think even though this phrase is often used as it relates to women, but what happens is some dads get trapped in the friend zone. And so they, at that point, they can't give their kids instruction because there's such a friend that the, the child doesn't, I don't know, man, maybe they don't even respect him uh, in some instances. So I, I get what you're saying. So be authoritative. Okay, do what I say. And yeah, we can sit down and talk about it. I'll give you an explanation. I'm, I'm not look, trying to be overbearing. So I, I'll make it make sense. But do, do as I say. You know, you, you, you hit a, a real good point that I try to convey to him as well. This um, that I picked up from my cousin. I have a cousin that's a father of seven children. Every child is on the honor roll in, okay. uh, in Atlanta, Georgia. And one of the things he told his children is, um, I am not your friend. He said, I can be friendly but I'm not your friend. In your life, you will have all the friends or more than you could ever want to have. But I'm still your father. I'm going to give you direction. I'm going to give you guidance. And also, always remember, I can be friendly, but I'm not your friend. Okay. And that hit home and stayed with me for quite some time. And it, it, it's been successful for him. All of his children are extremely successful in their own realm. And I'm very proud of him because he was one that he was one of the individuals that I um that he looked up to. I was one of the individuals he looked up to. Um so we have like a five year difference as we were growing up. So um I took a little pride in the fact of how successful he has been with his children. Yeah, I mean if he's got seven kids, I mean definitely uh that's some experience. We'll have to talk after the show, man, and maybe we'll cue him up for one of the episodes, right? <laughs> I think so, he would be. I think he would definitely be a, a great asset to the show. Excellent, excellent. I appreciate that. Well, listen. So you're a retired veteran. Um, you're now living in the tropical paradise of Panama, and uh, no reason whatsoever to go to college in terms of your own personal need. You mentioned something at the at the uh, commencement of the show that you wanted to set an example for your kids, and my question was. Uh, did your pursuing your degree have anything to do with uh, paving the path for your kids? And so you've answered that. Uh, what effect are you seeing or have you seen since, since you've graduated and you've got your degree? And maybe it's, I know it's fairly recent, but maybe just from conversation, I mean, do you, do you see any type of inspiration taking place in them? Absolutely. In both of them, no excuses whatsoever. Make just make it happen. You know, um, and like, like I mentioned earlier, you, you have to set an example for them. You know, they, they watch what you do and they watch what you say. And as uh, Malcolm X said nearly 60 years ago, he said media is the most powerful entity on earth. They have the power to make the innocent guilty and to make the guilty innocent. So you have to be that loud voice in that ear. You have to be the guide. You have to set the example for them. So, yeah, so me attaining that degree, a degree was twofold. It's something that I've always wanted to accomplish. Um, and I didn't either have the opportunity at different points in life or I didn't, um, didn't give a lot of focus to it. But now it, uh, the opportunity presented itself. And I figure if I'm going to lead these two young men, they need to be able, I need to be able to leave from the front and have them look at me as, 
look, my dad did it. I can either do what he has done or do better. So no excuses, no excuses, whatever, whatsoever. And if you're unable to do something, you have to, the main word I've used is you have to force yourself to do the things that you can't do or you're unable to do. You have to force yourself to examine, as an example, exercise. You know, many people dread doing it, but you have to force yourself to do the things that you have to in order to be, become successful in life. Right, right. Talk to any successful individual, they have done a lot of things that was very uncomfortable or so many things that they did not want to do in order to attain their goals. So you have to force yourself. Okay. And I forced myself back to school and pretty happy about it. I appreciate the fact that you said you need to be the loudest voice in your, in your children's ear. Um, and I think that's a real challenge this day and age, man, because um, I'm not anti-social media. I'm not anti-television, Netflix, anti, you know, video game, this, that, and the other. I'm just so hyper aware that all of those are voices. All of those mediums are voices. And if I'm not careful, it will become the predominant voice. And if it becomes the predominant voice, uh, my thought is... I just got robbed of my fatherhood, kidnapped, <laughs> and my children still living with me. So that's a that's a scary thought. But I, uh, like I said, I really appreciate um, the insight that you want to be the predominant voice in your child's head. Well, hey, listen, Les, thank you so much for your time, the insights you've shared with us. I'm really, uh, really grateful um, for everything you've shared with us today. And I look forward to uh, hearing how your sons are progressing, especially your older son uh, with his challenges. And uh, thank you for coming on today, man. Absolutely. I appreciate you uh, inviting me and having me on your Maiden Voyage show. It's been a thrill and I've been looking forward to it since you uh, initially announced it. And um, I can simply say, wish you much success. And thank you. All right, brother. You take care. Thank you. Be sure to listen to our next episode on Monday titled, It Takes a Village to Raise a Child. We'll be speaking with David Dabo from the West African country of Burkina Faso. But before then, here's what I'd like you to do. Visit our website at dadography.net forward slash contact. That's D-A-D-O-G-R-A-P-H-Y dot net forward slash contact and click on the microphone. Tell us your thoughts on the proverb, it takes a village to raise a child. You may be featured on our next episode. And lastly, to all my G-Dads out there, remember, it takes more than DNA to be a great, genuine, and globally-minded dad. Until next time, peace and blessings.